You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Momming One Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jafri. And this is Abo Hassan. And, you know, this is an exciting month, Uzma. It's always exciting. February, our most downloaded month. I know. I, oh I think gosh. that's awesome. So tell me about your week. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, if, if you've been following along with the podcast, our week has been essentially like a lot of other college, um, about to be college freshmen and high school seniors. You know, we're getting all of the early action um, application information is coming, has been coming out for the last couple of weeks. And and it's funny because sometimes we're, we've been blessed, I have to say, that so far all the colleges that my son has applied Mm -hmm. for. He's gotten in, deferred from one. And of course, the one he got deferred from is really the one he wants to go to. Um, But sometimes more choices are actually (laughs) a little bit more difficult. So we're we're in that stage right now. We'll definitely um, be needing a lot of your guys' prayers. um, And, you know, as you know, we do every single major decision. We do Ishtahara, which is our prayer of um, kind of guidance from um, Elizabeth Nathala. So I'll be lo- doing a lot of that in the weeks to come. So that's pretty much my week and probably my weeks for coming up. So please pray for me that I survive. But um, how was your week? I know you, you've <laughs> had kind of like a pretty fun week too. So why don't you let us know? I can't say that it's been a fun week exactly. I can say that it's been super busy because, you know, uh, baby girl met her goal for cookies. Alhamdulillah. So that was a high goal. Thousand. Yes. Yeah. But remember, I negotiated 850, which she forgot and said, no, I want to do 1000. I told you. And I was like, yeah, but then last week we renegotiated to 850 because mama's tired. And you know, everybody knows girls don't do sell no cookies. Exactly. The mom. The mom so <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing a thousand, but she did do 875. Alhamdulillah. So she's met her goal. Everybody yes. who supported her and bought cookies remotely for donation to the nursing home. Thank you so, so much. So those will go out this week to um, my elder patients. So I'm so, so appreciative of everybody that supported my little cookiepreneur. Thank you. Oh, and she was such a cookiepreneur, to be honest with you. I was so proud about how she did it with the QR code and all that. Like, she is an entrepreneur at heart. So, you know, I'm just going to remind everybody, if, if you haven't listened to our last episode, first of all, do listen to it, because you'll get a little <laughs> insight about how Usman and a I little blush. View, just a little blush. Um, but, you know, we're actually changing the format on the podcast. So let's stay tuned. To You have to listen to last week's to kind of find out why, and we're not going to repeat that here. We um, And so, Usma, do you want to tell everybody about our first um, Monday bylines? Because we switched a little, yeah. bit of, a little bit around. Yeah, so it's a couple of changes. The format has changed here on the podcast, and um, our schedule has changed a little bit. So now on Fireside, we'll be taking breakfast bylines to Mondays from our Fridays, uh, just to kind of streamline our work processes and officially moved our soapbox there today. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the Fireside this morning, then um, join our Patreon. 
So for a cup of coffee, you can get all of the Fireside episodes delivered directly there. Our lifestyle diaries are there as well. And Zeba just uh, dropped a beautiful journal um, that is completely free for you to download. And I recommend doing it in color because that's what I did and stapled it. And it's all pretty. If you want to get fancy and bind it or put it in a folder, you can do that. But all of those resources are there on Patreon with more coming. So please, um, if you want to hear the breakfast bylines or if you miss the soapbox for $5 a month, you can go get four episodes of that minimum every single month, probably more anytime we have a bonus. So, And the reality is you're actually supporting all the things that we're bringing to you, like this amazing um, woman I'm about to introduce right now, because um, we're going to be starting out the month of romance itself to the extent that you can believe in romance when you've been married for almost 24 years. But that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. We will be revisiting sex throughout February. And our first official guest is Dr. Shakira Abdullah, a doctor of nursing who is also working towards her PhD in sex education from Widener um, University. She is extremely passionate about implementing her empowering sex education programs. I love hearing that. And she's adapting it very uniquely for Muslim youth. Um, and we this is definitely needed within our community. She and her organization, Love Beyond Love, helps educate Muslim youth and adults around this very tricky and often perceived as a taboo topic. Um, her focuses on, and I have to be honest with you, I, when I read it, read the show notes, I was a little like blushing and I'm like, I don't even know if I can say this word, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to put my big She's girl panties on. And she focuses on clitoracy, which is why we have her on today. And I've got to tell you and admit a little bit um, sheepishly that I'm a little nervous, even though it was most probably grinning like a Cheshire cat <laughs> and she is ready to pounce. So I hope that you all are ready um, to listen to what the good doc doc has ready for us. Welcome, Dr. Abdullah, and thank you so much for being on Mommy Well Muslim. Assalamualaikum. I appreciate you all. So we love kicking off the podcast by asking a little bit about your momming story, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your kids and your momming philosophy. So me, I was born and raised Muslim, and my parents really wanted to make sure like Islam was the foundation of everything and really like instilling that love for me. And I did. I loved the dean. They sent me to like Arabic class, Quran class. Egypt over the summer to really like a strong, strong foundation. But then when I got into high school, I fell in love with boys. Everyone, like, you have to have this boyfriend between the movies you watch, the TV shows, the music you listen to. It was so, like, important for you to find this companion, right? So that's what I wanted. So long story short, um, two months after my high school graduation, I found out I was pregnant. So here I am, this black Muslim girl who was not raised this way. My parents were very hurt, but alhamdulillah, they still supported me through college. And I became a mom, you know, super young. And it took time for it to catch up with me. So now, alhamdulillah, my son is soon to be 13. And we have a totally different relationship than, you know, when I was younger. But alhamdulillah, I'm a mom. I've, I've definitely transitioned in so many different realms since then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, alhamdulillah, I'm just grateful and excited um, to serve them in every way that I can. First of all, I want to be, I want to just say what, thank you so much for sharing 
um, and being vulnerable with us because the reality of the situation is we don't know what we don't know or we don't know what we're not willing to talk about. So I love that you put that out there, um, you know, because it's probably not easy being, you know, a, a very identifiably Muslim woman. And it's a very it's a challenge. And honestly, as mothers of two teens in high school right now, it's a constant challenge and constant struggle. So thank you so much for validating that experience and letting us in a little bit, giving us a little bit of an insight about what your life was like um, during that time. Yeah, your candor is is very, very appreciated because we've never known anybody to like just admit her truth and live her truth. Like we literally learned it through the podcast, like how to do that. So mm-hmm. uh, we love that you, you've started doing it from an early, early um an early, early age. You mentioned uh, your family and their strong background. Can you talk a little bit more uh, about your family background and maybe how that led to Love Beyond Love? So my parents are both African-American Muslims. They both were converts. Um, They became Muslim right before they got married. Um, So we were really the only ones who were practicing Muslims in our broad family. they so that story that I shared was very instrumental in creating Love Beyond Love, um, which was is my nonprofit organization, which I kind of put a pause on since COVID because I was doing a lot of in person workshops with the youth, and it's very hard to kind of maintain that vulnerability with youth um, virtually. So I haven't uh-huh. been doing as many workshops with Love Beyond Love yet, and I really took time to really focus on the halal sex bird which is primarily for adults. And yes, we forgot to mention in your bio that you are the halal sexpert online. And that's how we found you because we were like, oh, this is fabulous. And like the content that you produce, just given um, the medical background and the fact that you're addressing um, the taboo on sex and particularly Mm -hmm. pleasure within the Muslim community, that's why we brought you on. And I'm so excited to get to Zeba's next question. (laughs) because the reality of the situation is I just heard this goes to show you how little I know. And I probably need to be following um, your following your Instagram, which I don't even have on my phone, but I will put on my phone just to follow this. But just for the just for this halal sexpert thing. But okay, let's talk a little bit about this clitoracy. What does it mean? Why it actually matters to us? And why do we actually need to learn more about it? Yes, so clitoracy is just becoming fully understanding the clitoris, and you don't need a clitoris to become clitorate, right? So we as Mm. women need to definitely fully understand our bodies. A lot of times when we ask women, um, you know, whenever they talk about their vulva, they always just say down there, Mm. or even calling the whole thing the vagina is not right because we... Um, and we make, we make the clitoris invisible when we do that. And we make all the other pleasurable organs that are there invisible when we just refer to the whole thing as the vagina. Um, so clitoracy is all about learning about this amazing God-given organ that we have as women that has super sensitive. It has over 8,000 nerve endings. Um, very pleasurable for you to use during different sexual experiences, not just penetrative sex, because not a lot of women are able to orgasm just from penetrative sex alone. 
they have to have some type of clitoral stimulation. So in clitoracy, we go all through the different delicious hot spots throughout the clitoris, how, you know, the G-spot, a lot of people have heard of the G-spot before. It's actually the internal aspect of the clitoris. So just learning more about different positions, different ways that you can best stimulate your clitoris during sexual experiences to get the most pleasure. I've had a lot of people ask me this, you know, when they find it on Miss uh, Muslim and the fact that you are wanting us to be clitorate, I, you know, a lot of people think about that clitoral circumcision um, mm. that happens in, a, in different types of um, communities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because um, here we are talking about how we were supposed to be using it for pleasure yeah. and how it's a, it's a very great Islamic um, right of women, um, but a lot of people get it confused, right, with uh, female circumcision. So do, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so yes, with female circumcision, there's different types, different methods that were done. Um, so the way that it was done commonly is that they just removed the head of the clitoris. So your clitoris uh -huh. is much larger than just the head. So even we as women and even our partners are confused that the clitoris is just the head. When you have an entire larger structure, I challenge everyone to just Google the clitoris. I promise you shouldn't get any type of extra. Shouldn't. Things. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. It's pretty much like a, a wishbone, wishbone shaped structure that is most of it is internally hidden within the within the lips, the inner the the inner labia of your vulva and also in the internal aspect of the vagina, which creates the G-spot. Okay. So most of it is hidden inside and you just have the a little bit of the peak that sits out within the head. And in clitoris, okay. in, dif in different courses that you can take, you can learn about which areas are most commonly have the most nerve endings and where you can experience the most pleasure and how you can stimulate the lips in different ways and you know the g-spot in different ways to really maximize your pleasure so with female circumcision um a lot of women get confused that okay I, since i had that procedure done i can't experience pleasure because you know it's gone it's like no you still have the majority of it is inside you that is not able to be removed so you know unfortunately you have the head removed but you still have so much more area within the larger part of the clitoris so that you definitely can still experience pleasure does that answer your question Zeva? that definitely answered my question that was a but good it also question. goes yeah, but it also goes to show that when people do this as a way to for women to not enjoy um, mm -hmm. sex, they're actually not doing the right thing. And it's not something that we should be doing. So I appreciate you giving us the anatomy of it. I will not be Googling that, especially at work. But I do encourage other people to do that so we can become a little bit more informed. Um, mm -hmm. And Usma, I know you have an amazing question. And I'm definitely interested in this as I am taking notes along the way. Well, I mean, just to your point, I want to, you know, applaud you for asking the question. And then to your point, it's like, subhanAllah, men trying to subjugate the women's, uh, the bodies of women by removing their clitoral head. You stupid. You so stupid. Because Allah created a whole other network of fibers inside of us to keep on going because pleasure is our right. And, you know, it's like men trying to get involved in stripping us of our you know, rights, including of happiness and fulfillment, it, you always fall on your face and they're all going to be held accountable. That's all I can say about that. But I know everybody here wants to hear it, especially after watching your reels. She teaches classes on how to lick guys. Like ah! this is, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I signed up for the clitoracy course, okay? But I wanted to do this interview before oh, I take it because I was like, oh my I'm going to get the short, like this is going to be my outline before I take the course, right? Oh but I was goodness. like, I, I watched the Lick videos and I'm like, she's right. She ain't, she's so, right. Oh, okay. You know, so, so it's like, that you, should be a premarital contract thing. You got to watch the video, boys. Oh my before. God. Okay, but let me, let me just say this because I do have nephews and people that listen to this. This, this month, these series are definitely for They're all, they've all got an law. explicit intro. Don't okay, worry. good. I was like, they we, all, we've got it on all the episodes. I was like, I want to make sure everybody knows that because even I'm like, am I old enough to be taking this class right now? Oh my God. No, but you know what? I am happy. My son listens to the podcast. I want him to watch the video. I wa- the lick video is important Girl. because it's not, you know, here's the thing. Like, we'll get to it later. Like, it's important information for men and okay. women to have because none okay. of us had this information when we got married. Can you imagine what our sex lives would have been like 20 years ago if we had known this stuff? If our husbands had known this stuff? Yes, because then I would have a lot Saber. more than four kids. Yes, okay. we would have a lot more than four kids. I know. I know. I, I don't want it. any more. But it would have been really, really, really. But it's good not too late. All of this. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's uh, yeah. definitely too I late for that. me. Okay. Never, oh. never too late. But my question <laughs> is: I know now everybody wants to know, Doctor Abdullah. What are the top three things? You already taught us one, so that doesn't count. What are the top three things we don't know about, or what to do with, or for that clitoris? So let's see. Number one. I know for sure a lot of people think that everything is right there on that little head. If you even know that you have the little head there, because I promise you until I went to medical school, I didn't know what it looked like. I was like, well, a lot of it, yes, is not knowing the full size of the clitoris, um, where the different aspects of the clitoris reside. I'll try not to sound too technical, but where the the different areas of the clitoris the sensation reside. is maximum. Yes. Yeah. And where to maximize your pleasure. So if I stimulate the lips, if, if my partner gently touches the, the lips in a certain way, um, you know, that may feel good to you and why that feels good and how you can and how to talk about how to communicate about what feels good. We as women mm-hmm. oftentimes think that, unfortunately, think that sex is for the man and this is all about his pleasure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I want to please him. But we don't think about ourselves. Like, what about you? Like, what about your pleasure? And how do you feel? And not voicing like, hey, babe, that felt amazing when you did that. Or I didn't really like that too much when you did that. Um, So being clear about what we like and what we don't like after our sexual experiences is important because our partner wants to please us and they think they're killing it. They think they're doing the best that they can do. (laughs) They're always so good at like subpar performances and like putting themselves (laughs) in the back. It's like at everything. Yeah. So they may not be. And they got to keep doing the same thing because they think that that is what's working. So we mm-hmm. as um, women need to do a better job as communicating what feels good and what doesn't. And then teaching them, like I do this thing in clitoracy is called show, show and tell. Because sometimes women don't want to voice and use their mouth. So you can use your hand mm-hmm. and direct your partner like, you know, here, you know, this feels good. And it's really putting like your hand over his hand in that way. You know, if you don't want to voice it at that time. So that way it just redirects them to where you want them to be. No, that's good advice. I think we talked about that last week on Sex Notes where we were like, you got to communicate on uh, just basically what's working, what's not. This is very specific to uh, clitoral sensation and getting comfortable. But I think to be able to communicate, you have to be A, knowledgeable about your own body and then B, open to 
you know, doing exactly what you said, which is directing somebody on what feels good and what doesn't. And I think, you know, early on in our sexual experiences, like, you don't even know when you're sensing it, is this a good feeling or a bad feeling? Because you've never had it before. So your frame of reference is like nothing, right? So I think it takes some time and some practice to t- tune into yourself and be like, okay, was that is that a good feeling? Is that a bad feeling? Is that an uncomfortable feeling? Do I want to do it again? Um, and then how do we achieve that together? And then one more thing that I don't think oh. I said is um, about squirting. So your clitoris is also key to squirting. And the G spot, mm-hmm. like I said, is the internal aspect of the clitoris. So a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of women don't know that. So that's important yeah. to know if that's what you yeah. are interested in, and that's something that you, a sensation that you're interested in experiencing. I've never heard that before in my life, and I'm so far behind. I just call ladies. it female ejaculation. Yes, I've never yeah. heard of this. Oh my! It's female God. ejaculation, but the street word is squirting. You know, it's like I think they have songs about it too. So what? I know. So when my kids, you know, if I ever Am hear I it, I'm like, turn that off. They have no idea what it means. My kids do not even. know what it means. It's like, but now I guess my son does. It's female ejaculation, son. Yeah. Well, I have we to say, I I definitely, you know, I'm embarrassed. And then there's going to be a portion <laughs> of our population that's going to be listening or maybe listening yeah. in private and a little bit like nervous about doing that. And I'm with you guys. I'm with you. So <laughs> don't don't get discouraged. But that's part of what we do is push ourselves outside of our comfort zone so that we're constantly learning and growing. And, you know, last month, um, if you hadn't heard already, Dr. Abdullah, we finished our Moms of Adult um, Muslims. And I know a lot of those moms, like, really... I, I will gather, I will bet any amount of money that they didn't discuss the clitoris or anything like that with their adult children. And and even though I'm a little bit sheepish about talking about these things, I love that my kids are super open and ask me these types of questions. And, and, and usually the most inopportune, extremely embarrassing situations. Public. <laughs> and I, in public places. And I'm trying my best to like keep a straight face, not turn red and answer them. So I love that you're, and now I know about your program, Love Beyond Love. So I'm going to be sending them to you instead. But you know, I actually don't want them unarmed and, and I want them, you know, and I don't want them unfulfilled, you know, and not to say that I am, but being armed with that knowledge and being able to take control of your own sexuality. I love that we're empowering women and hopefully young women to do this. But, you know, I want to know, and this is what a lot of people do come to it. This is probably one of the number one questions that um, our moms DM and, uh, and contact us with about, like, how do we talk to them about sex in an age appropriate way? Like, I'm not that comfortable, to be honest with you, talking to them about squirting and this and that. Like, we kind of sit side by side. I don't like eye contact and I try to have these conversations. But like, what's something, and usually I have the conversation when they're old enough to ask me about it. I want to, to be able to talk to them directly. So what is something, what are some of the terms that we should be able to use or some resources we can send them to um, so that, or we can read ahead of time, like myself, so that we can talk about these conversations with them in a non-blush worthy way. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny that you shared that story about, you know, you wanting to send your children to me. That was actually why I started the Halal Sexpert. And I started this parents course because all the, the youth that I was teaching were saying, you know, Dr. Shakira, I can only talk to you about sex because, I, you know, if I mentioned this to my parents, they would go crazy. And I was like, they would freak out. Yeah. Why are you asking? Exactly. I was like, well, there's only one of me, so I have to educate these parents because they should be... Primary source of information. Yeah. And I can be a resource, of course, 
But I just really wanted to uplift and educate parents on how to have these conversations. So between the ages of 3 to 21, sexuality conversations should occur. And it's all about using age-appropriate content. And in my course, I break it down based on, you know, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam broke down child development into three stages. So he said to play with them for three, teach them, no, sorry, play with them for seven years, teach them for seven years, and then befriend them for seven years. So for that first seven years, um, I start at age three to age seven. You're teaching them, you're playing with them, you're using children that age learn best through play. So you're teaching them the anatomically correct names of their private parts. You're teaching them the body safety rules, all about everything, all about consent. And this is to not only educate and empower them, but to protect them from potential abusers, from potential Mm -hmm. um, predators. Um, It's so important that we arm our children because unfortunately we're living in a time where this is reality. So, and they, children don't know, you know, that someone could be um, um, hiding, you know, what they're really doing, disguising it as a game. And, you know, play with my snake and I'm going to play with yours. And teaching them diff- their, uh, the appropriate name to use so that if something were to happen when they go to a teacher, if they go to a trusted adult and say, you know, such and such is playing with my snake and I don't like it. It doesn't read the same as such and such is playing with my penis and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So right. we have to be very careful and we have to educate them about the proper term and empower our children all the way from the ages three to seven. And then as they get older, from between ages seven to 14, you're educating them about puberty, how their bodies are changing, how their bodies are amazing gifts from a law. Um, how, you know, they're becoming older and becoming adults. And, you know, this is all a part of growing up. Um, giving them different responsibilities, whether it's chores and things like that, just to really prepare them to be that amazing husband or wife that we want them to be, inshallah. Um, the different aspects, the ins and outs of puberty and how their bodies are changing. And then as they get older in that last realm, when you befriend them, you know your tone changes from being authoritative and kind of educating them. Um, now it's like I taught you everything you need to know. Now it's kind of like I'm your friend now. So now you're more like a facilitator where you're, you know, they come to you for advice and you ask them different questions like what if um, this happens? What would you do if this happens? Um, and really help them think it out because that age group, they don't have their frontal cortex yet. So they don't have that mm-hmm. ability to really think before they act. So we have to help them through that by, you know, skill building, um, giving them different questions, um, helping them think it through by like kind of facilitating that conversation. And then I always say in the course, I teach you how to use um, teachable moments. So teachable moments are things like when you you ask a random question about a body part, about something that's on the TV, you're driving somewhere and you see a couple and you're like, and then they ask a question like, what's that about? You know, this is your opportunity to learn this is your opportunity to educate them about you know the situation and sometimes we as parents we weren't expecting that and it's you know a law testing you as well and if you need a minute it's always okay to say you know what this is a really great situation a really great 
question. Mommy needs to think for a second, but we're going to have, we're going to talk about this later tonight at dinner. We're going to talk about this in an hour. You know, giving them a time that, where you're going to come back to them and talk about it so they don't look it up themselves or ask the wrong mm-hmm. person. And just using that <laughs> opportunity to definitely infuse our Islam into that so that our children walk away feeling, you know, they're knowledgeable and they're also empowered, um, you know, with that situation. Halal CBD is a company offering 100% halal certified products that you can eat or just use topically like tinctures and lotions. They're certified by the internationally accredited American Halal Foundation and their products are American grown and made as well as cruelty, gluten, paraben, and 100% THC free. To meet your healthcare goals with your doctor, you don't have to compromise your spiritual goals after all. Check out halalcbd.io online for a limited supply of free samples today. I feel like now that my son is going to be 14, you know, when it comes, when he starts high school this year, um, later this year, it's going to be more about, you know, I know he's attracted to girls. Like, that's great. I don't know what's going to happen when he goes to high school, but I know that my advice is going to be very open and be like, okay, if you like this girl and if you want to hang out in this group or whatever, just remember, like, in all likelihood, if she's with you or, you know, you try to have sex now, you're probably going to do it wrong anyway because you don't know where anything is. And she doesn't know what's going on either. So it's like you're just having the experience to have the experience rather than using it as the gift that it was meant um, when Allah gave it to us as a means to get closer to love the partner that you have chosen for life. So I'm hoping that that, you know, that's my plan. But of course, that's before I've actually had like a full-fledged high schooler. So we'll see what happens when it actually rolls around. But um, I feel like cliteracy itself is something that I had to learn as an adult. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a, a doctor when I learned about it. And, you know, in medical school, I had exactly two hours uh, of uh Uh, a sex class that was taught by a sex therapist and the majority of it was like how to take care of the LGBTQ community. So very little actual sex therapy. Your doctor is probably not going to be the one that's going to be able to help you. So it either needs to be a physician who's specializing in it Mm -hmm. um, as you're specializing in it in your practice or, you know, you're going to have to go to a, a sex therapist to learn these things. Our teens aren't going to know it. And I think the franker we are with them about, no, you really don't know anything. And you definitely know, don't know anything about sex ex- except how to make yourself feel good. But the important thing is learning how to make the other person feel good. And that's an art that I think a lot of us don't know that we deserve until we're adults. And then for our male partners, they certainly don't learn, may never learn their entire lives unless they have a course like this or have somebody like an expert like you teaching them. So I really appreciate you being in the space. Alhamdulillah, I'm happy to be here. Another thing that I um, used to do a lot with the youth is really empowering them. So reminding them of their worth and their value and how they don't have time for these little girls and these little boys out here. Like you are for, you're waiting for your husband, you're waiting for your wife like that. This is what, you know, this is what Allah has put you on this pedestal. He has honored you in that regard. Like you don't waste, you know, your private areas and on, you know, someone that's not, you know, not worth you. So reminding mm-hmm. them of their worth and how their wives and their future husbands and that type of thing is usually um, the route that I take. That's so great because literally I said that to my son who is 18. I was like, listen, there's going to be a woman one day that you are going to be like, oh, my God, this is the person for me. 
And how do you want to start that relationship? Right? Like, how, how do you want to talk? And she and you're going to want to do everything with her. So where do you want to be? Who do you want to be when that time comes? And what do you want to explain to her? right when the time comes and will you feel okay with the choices you've made until then and you know who's to say only god knows whether it works or not but i definitely think that it pa- like it's paused and and another thing to remind your kids is the world is bigger than the 5 mile radius of your house okay so and you need to put yourself outside of that and you know it's it's sometimes it's a hard lesson to learn and and i think like when you mentioned this in in the beginning with your story like i have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis with my daughter she's gonna she listens and so like we talk about it all the time because she loves the concept of a boyfriend right like because all of her friends are coupled and and she well first of all she think well it is true her brother like shut that down in the school period Period. Like nobody is allowed to like <laughs> older brothers talk to her. And so, and literally if somebody is talking to her, he'll come up and he goes, do you not know who I am? And why are you talking to my sister? <laughs> oh, she, and him. she does sometimes. And, and actually we were talking about it this morning and I finally said to her, I'm like, Z, um, Listen, at some point, you're going to be so grateful that he, your brother knows your worth. And because he is fully aware of the brain and the lack of frontal cortex, like you mentioned, Dr. Abdullah, of teenage boys, that he's protecting you from that because he feels you're worth it more than that. And yes, we, we've all been there. We watch those childhood teen movies where they're like dancing at prom and blah, blah, blah. But guess Guess what? There needs to be a follow-up to those movies or fast forward even one year. I guarantee you all those people are a hot mess. They don't even remember each other's names. All the, the romanticized notion of what high school love. First of all, high school boys are very ugly. Let's just, and they're stupid, right? And they're awkward looking. And, you know, so like when you look at, the, at it from the bigger picture, I feel like it's worth it. But she's very much, and I think a lot of Muslim women, I can only speak to the Muslim girl experience because of course I was one. You feel like, oh my God, I'm missing something. Or, oh, my God, what am I missing out on? And that's a very hard thing in our society right now to kind of get over. So do you have any advice other than just being open and talking about it that we can just be like, listen, you know, keep educating your kids, keep, you know, having that open communication and keep reminding them that there is somebody out there for you. And when the time comes, it's going to be an amazing thing. Yeah, and another thing is for us to put our put our um, selves in their shoes, right? So remember that our children are like Nusha had this, right? So just saying things like, it's not on to have sex outside of marriage. It's like, yeah, I know that, but I may not fully submit to that because, you know, my men did not really enter my heart yet, right? So it takes time for that. And a lot of times... At this age group, peer pressure, you know, their friends are everything. Yeah. So peer pressure is yeah. huge. So us teaching them ways on how to still look cool and still please the law in the same time is everything, right? So, and another yeah. thing is to remember that and to educate our children that everyone's not having sex, even though it's all yeah. over the, the, the movies and everything that they're looking yeah. at, everyone is not. So your friends may say they are, but they may not be. I think a lot of these kids are lying and, and then it raises it up. And it, and then I feel like because of social media, and you correct me if I'm wrong, we can use social media as an amazing educational tool, which it sounds like your platform is, our platform is, I love it. But for kids in that 
that that mind that's still being developed when you over-sexualize things, when you glamorize certain circumstances that could potentially be a negative one, that also aids in this I'm this FOMO, right? I feel like this this Generation Z is all about the FOMO. What am I missing out on? What am I missing out on? Because they're constantly being inundated with what they're missing out on versus, yeah, that sucks. It's a, but guess what? They're having people, they turn on their stories and the two couples are kissing each other. I feel like it's a constant, constant barrage of information. Yeah, so constantly comparing themselves, their yes. natural bodies to this, Filter, filter, exactly. All these different things. Um, So just reminding them, and I think it's important for us as parents to remind them of not only their outside, their outer beauty, but also their inner beauty. So what are those characteristics about their personalities that are like amazing and beautiful and reminding them of that so that they can uplift themselves and build up their self-esteem and really have that strong confidence that is important. Um, Reminding them they know law has designed them, has created them, has beautified them. Um, So it always, you know, goes back to their core of, you know, their with their religiosity and their spirituality, which is so important. And then with peer pressure, teaching them different quick things to say because they don't know how do I look cool and still be Muslim. And how do I respond? Like sometimes my daughter will text me, just write this in text and then she'll copy and pay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you have to be open and you have to, it'll be like, just trust me. I don't want to tell you. But say this, I'm going to delete the message. I mean, we we have like a full on method so that they can do that. And being okay, instead of judging your kids, like it sounds like you're saying, being their partner with this, because we're here to help not, we're here to help guide them, but we're also here not to judge them because their world, we were taught for a world that was very specific to us. They're living in a world very different than how we grew up. And I'm, I'm saying we, I, I think I grew up in a different even era than you, Dr. Abdullah. So like we have to prepare them for that world and, and being able to be open and, and, um, being able to relate to them on a, on a level that can be helpful and not hurtful. Because guess what? Some of them are going to do it anyway. Would you rather have people be put in a safe space or would you, and, and educated and informed about it? Or, and I'm not advocating this anybody, but I'm just saying having those open, honest conversations with your kids is not going to pr- make them do it. And it's also not going to prevent them to do it. If you act like it doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it's really important to really tie in that Islamic peace, but remembering that, mm-hmm. you know, our children are not like us. You know, we have years and years and years of having those moments where we weren't our best. Yes. And, you know, this is their moment now. So attaching it to, you know, their, their religion, I think is important. And also remembering their humanness and their developmental level and how you know their friends are everything at this age and really giving them different ways to navigate through that through the society um you know armored and ready to still look cool and still practice i want i have mentioned a little bit about some of your courses like your clitoris course the licking course tell us what moms and their kids can expect from your courses and upcoming classes and definitely tell us about the upcoming retreat there's a retreat so with the retreat alhamdulillah i am taking muslim women on an escape to a luxury secluded mansion in a secret Mm. disclosed location and it is a five-day four-night retreat 
where they really could just focus on reclaiming their sexuality and partnering that within their spirituality. So it's okay to be sexual and spiritual. So during this entire retreat, we're going to really go deep into different aspects of not only learning about their bodies, but how to become more sexually confident, how to become more sensual, how to be more mindful in your sexual experiences. As women and as moms, we're so busy and we wear so many different hats and we're doing so many different things. It's you can get lost. Your mind can get lost when you're supposed to be experiencing pleasure. So how do we shut that off and just focus on the feeling? Um, and, you know, that course is good. in a lot of body confidence um, type of body positivity type of activities mm-hmm. to really enhance that and really, um, really gain that during this retreat. And then give you all the tools you need to start the process during the retreat and then continue it for years, hopefully years and years to come. Um, so that is, I'm really excited to offer this to Muslim women. Um, we are sold out of our in-house residence because I do have women who are spending the night and staying in the in the mansion, but I also am going to offer day passes. So I wanted to really mm. keep it intimate with the women in the house, but I still wanted to yeah, offer yeah. this experience to women who missed out on the opportunity. We sold out in like a day, so mashallah. So I really um, wanted to offer the opportunity to a few more sisters, and we have an information session coming up, inshallah, on February 20th um, at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So anyone who is interested in joining this amazing retreat, um, you would just go to my Instagram page and you can click the link in my bio and you can sign up for this free information session. Um, in regards to my other courses, they're all virtual. So Clitoristy is one of my instant download courses. So I do some um, online courses live and then some of them are instant downloads. So I have Clitoracy, I have Talk Dirty to Me, which is for men and women. Mm-hmm. Clitoracy is also for men and women. Um, I have But What That Mouth Do, which is all about fellatio and fun and foreplay. Um, that one is a live course, <laughs> um, a live virtual one, of course. <laughs> and actually during, wow. the, during the retreat, <laughs> we have But What That Mouth Do Part 2. <laughs> Oh my God. Do you have like, okay. Okay. I, I have so many questions that I'm we just, just have to blindfold offline. you and I'm make it a like, part of the kink <laughs> class. Don't we? <laughs> so you can tolerate what that mouth do. I don't even know. I can do. do you see how red I am right now? You're so red. You match your hair now. I have a feeling this is why our producer didn't come to this episode. Recording. He's like, I'm going to say no. I already have. Joe was like, I'm not coming on today. But, but you know, I'm, I mean, we're all joking because, I mean, there are a lot of people like me, I'm, and I've said this before, that I have been with my husband for 20, almost 23 years, we'll be married. We've been together for almost 25, you know, we've been together for a long time and I'm still, I'm still not 100% comfortable, but I, I'm at a stage in my life where I would love to. So perhaps we can talk offline and we can do, uh, you know, Halal <laughs> yeah. Sex Bird and Momming Well Muslim private retreat and bring some of our, 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 our people because I don't Get know our about moms you up I need to be, I need to get up to speed. What the heck? I'm like missing the train. Apparently I'm missing it all, but mm-hmm. I would, lo- and I'm bummed it's to hear a lot. that it's a fun thing ride. is already, already sold out. So perhaps we can talk offline and try to get, and try to put something in the works. We do have some day passes available and you can get an Airbnb nearby and all of that. So you can still, we still have some sisters who were doing that. I have four sisters coming from Saudi Arabia, mashallah. Oh my God. 
If they can do it, they were like the first ones. Like, listen, they're like, girl, let's get this (laughs) done. (laughs) So, aside from my pleasure courses for you know married women, single women who are preparing for marriage, maybe I have had sisters who enrolled their youth into these courses. Um, I also have a course for parents. So the course for parents is called Halal Sex Talks, and it's for parents who have children between the ages of 3 to 21, and I go Mm -hmm. through all the age-appropriate content that should be delivered, how it should be delivered in a way that's best for the developmental level. Um, So I go through that entire course. The course is a six-week online course. It is self-paced, though. I have made it. It used to be live. Now it's self-paced, which is great. I I know parents are busy, different time zones, and, you know, all Mm -hmm. parents all over the world have taken this course. Um, And it's self-paced, so it's through, you know, an online platform. You go in, watch your videos. I recommend not binge-watching them, but um, but try to take it at least every other day, I would say, because there's so much information. I try to make it as fun and engaging Mm -hmm. as possible. Um, but that is one of my favorite courses as well. So I recommend that for all parents who are like, I don't even know where to start or I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know which age appropriate and what's not. You know, I go through all the details and actual the sex education as well. I've had youth, well, not youth, but um, young adults take the course just to get the education, just to get, they were like, I never had any sexuality education ever in my life. And this course has helped, and I don't have any children, but this course has definitely helped me just get the basics that I never got growing up. So that is another um, opportunity for those of you who don't have children who still just want kind of like everything and kind of like the basic level approach that you missed out on from ages three to 21. (laughs) This has been so super informative. I will be, you know, following you on um, Instagram um, and watching your videos in private. And maybe I can get up to speed. I definitely appreciate what you're you're providing for uh, American Muslim and apparently even Saudi Muslim women. Like, so good on you for that. Um, and if you've heard the podcast before, we're going to do a rapid fire sec- uh, section where I'm going to kind of like throw um, throw questions at, at you. And my hopes is you kind of like respond right away. Osma, do you mind setting the timer? Yep. Okay. So what, okay. What we always ask this question, what is a book that you're reading right now or one that you would recommend? Right now I'm reading Blackness in Islam. And, and, you know, so one of my questions has to be sex related and I'm just going to say it. What is your favorite position? if I have one I will leave that there um what is your favorite number and why <laughs> let's change the subject what's your favorite number and why three three I love that and why um just because I know three is the sunna it's just one of my favorite numbers I don't, I don't really have the explanation. Okay. It just feels right. It just, it speaks to you. And I, I'll actually, because I, I have somebody on staff that does numerology, and I'm going to tell you why you like the number three. So I will send that to you later. So at in school, what was one of the subjects that you were the absolute worst at? Math. Oh, girl. Yes. And our last question is, where can people find you? And where can people sign up for all of your amazing courses that you have to offer? So my website is halalsexpert.com and my Instagram is the halalsexpert. 
and I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here and be able to, I love this platform. I love the name. I love everything that you all are doing. So I really am honored to be here and really just wanted to thank you for allowing me to talk about all the great things that I'm doing. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. We've been trying to get you on for a while. We knew you were very busy this time last year. So we're like, we're not going to bother her, but we are definitely going to bother her the next year. So 2022 was it. We so appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck at the retreat. If we can't come, like know that we're having serious FOMO about it because I wanted to be in the mansion and um, I'm just, I hope that you redo it because I know it's going to be super successful and that all of those women are going to walk away with lifelong skills that literally you should take with you in practice every day until you hit your grave. Um, And that, you know, loads of our generation is going to get educated and our children will have this resource going forward. So thank you so much for everything that you do for our community. Thank you. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.